0: has a name the chronometer
1: no it's just my fancy word for watch <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's almost as good as me coming up with ventriloquine or Yeah, that,
1: that's uh, like the, the steampunk room. word for watch
0: <laughs> that's the word that you would
1: check get... the chronometer
0: yeah, that's the word Jolly good that's the word that you'd get for a watch on cowboy bebop or something
1: <laughs> i don't know i think on, i think on cowboy bebop they were they were down to earth enough to just call it a watch mm. like uh they would call what anime would they call would they call it a chronometer and
0: yeah anyway. well anyway uh so we're recording welcome yeah! to the wages of cinema everybody
1: yes welcome i'm andrew
0: andrew and if you could move your mic just a little bit closer to me to well or to the moon The moon needs help sometimes. (laughs) There, it's done. Yes. So welcome back, everybody. Um, Now, uh, in good news, it's springtime. Technically, yes. Technically, it doesn't quite feel like that yet. We've had little moments where things have gotten warmer. Yeah. And it kind of sucks because this past week, um, like this this last, even just yesterday, for some reason I thought it was going to be warm. And so I just wear a t-shirt and it's cold. Yeah, it's freaking really cold. I'm like, I hate the world.
1: Yeah, go watch a film with a desert in it. Watch Lawrence of Arabia mm-hmm. or uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and you'll yeah. appreciate the cold a little yeah. better. Yeah. Stop yeah. watching Snowpiercer, yeah. or uh, right. and don't, watch, and don't or the watch, The Day After Tomorrow,
0: and don't watch bad desert movies like Ishtar. Yeah, I don't know if you did. You see the Yeah, new I saw in that. <laughs> yeah, I oh man,
1: this is I, something I gotta say. Oh, calm down. I watched the Ishtar episode. And after that, they did their customer comments and they said, oh, we've got some, we got some stuff. I went to check our PO, P.O. box and I, they took, and he handed them a bunch of postcards and my postcard was in that thing. I sent them a postcard. Oh, that was it, you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't get to it because like. Oh, they just meant, did they mention you can me? see it in the video. It has a bunch nice. of ca- has cats on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was at work That's and out. I was watching that on my phone and I just, I'm like, and he said, and he pulled out the thing, and I'm like, there, that's the postcard! Yay!
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I totally get, I totally know that feeling. That's like, um, back when, uh, the Spill.com was still a thing, occasionally I would send a, a gift to one of the members, and then when they would announce, you know, and I want to thank Jack for sending me a Blu-ray, of uh, blah, blah, blah. Yay! And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yay, I keep <gave> things! Um... <laughs> See, you should have sent a gift, then they would have actually said your name. People
1: do send them gifts. in that same episode they were ta- that someone sent them a book and another person sent them a vinyl album.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was like a
1: book that the guy had
0: written himself yeah. and he's like, "Thanks, I'll read this." And I mean, that's
1: a, that's a decent gift to give somebody your book. It's not even yeah, like it's, it's not even self-indulgent, it's actually pretty decent.
0: Well, you might think it's a little presumptuous. To you'd think, think so, that, but, but I, I mean, cuz what if it's no good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, they didn't to, did
1: it didn't cost him anything. I don't know. Didn't cost him anything, so <laughs> why? Uh, no big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, but anyway, that's awesome. I'm glad that you well, know, even though they didn't say your name, you could be like, Oh, there's a little piece of me in yeah. that episode."
1: I'll show it to you later. Before, yeah, yeah, and but uh, but the point is, we though, should stop Ishtar talking about my fanboying ish. <laughs> and Th-
0: there you go, being proper
1: English-speaking. That wasn't proper at all. Uh, let's talk about some movies. Tool.
0: Let's talk about movies. If I don't know if you want to start or I should start. Yeah, I'll start
1: because uh, I watched a movie I borrowed from you. Peter Lorre in Mad Love.
0: Mad Love? Okay. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for all the lovely flowers. Every
0: night I have watched you, and tonight, the last night, I felt I must come and thank you for you've meant to me.
1: Oh, I'm very flattered, Doctor.
0: And when the theater reopens, I shall be in my box again, every night.
1: I do hope so, for the theater's sake. I won't be here, I'm afraid.
0: Oh, you, you are playing somewhere else? Never again. Never again?
1: No. I'm going to England with my husband.
0: Your... Your husband?
1: Yes, that's he playing now from Fontainebleau, Stephen Orlac. I'm meeting his train tonight.
0: Stephen Orlac?
1: How do you think he plays? That's his own composition, you know.
0: Very modern music.
1: We've been married a year, but he's been on tour and I've been busy with the theatre. So you see, this is really going to be our honeymoon.
0: You know, I've come to depend on seeing you every night.
1: But uh, I'm going to England.
0: But I must
1: see you again. I must. And this um, is a, uh, this is a sort of, u- kind of like one of those old universal horror movies. I forget when it came out. Well, the uh, funny
0: thing is, I I mistakenly thought that we had watched this uh, together at a movie night, and I was getting that confused with The Black Cat.
1: Yeah, The Black yeah. Cat is different.
0: Yeah, but that also, you know. But he, that he, has, but I was that directed by Carl the guy Lugosi. who did Detour, right? Yes, exactly. I, uh, I, yeah, the. Mad Love is directed by Carl Freund. Carl
1: Freund! Freund! Yeah, he
0: is... The thing about Carl Freund that's interesting, and I'm just going to pull him up really fast just so I don't get any uh, facts wrong. This guy had a really long career being a cinematographer. And it's funny, when I go to his IMDb page, the first thing you see is actually not the films... I mean, look, this guy shot Dracula. The guy shot Murders in the Rue Morgue. The guy shot uh, any number of mo- He shot Ber- the Berlin City Symphony, which I saw uh, when I was younger.
1: Shot each one of them in the head.
0: Shot each one of them in the head with his camera. He was like Peeping Tom. But no, when you go to his IMDb, the first thing that you see is he shot 150 episodes of I Love Lucy. Oh, really? Yeah. But... Huh. Uh, but yeah, Carl Freund though, in- interesting guy. I mean, he was uh like I said, mostly a camera guy, but he did direct some movies. He also directed The Mummy. Oh, cool. The original The Mummy. And it was reported that during the making of Dracula, he uh Todd Browning was having some like emotional problems and Carl Freund allegedly directed some of the movie. Okay. I don't know how much, but but the guy knows his horror.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing Mad Love is a really good movie. It's really solid. It's got good characters. It is uh, good, good performances. Laurie, except great for, in it. I don't know if Peter Lorre is great in it because sometimes, really? like, because <laughs> he has this line, and I don't know if it's because of the line or because he's just not that into it. But he goes, I, a mere peasant, have conquered science. Why can't I conquer love?" <laughs> And and oh. all right, maybe you nobody can pull that line off, but it just seems like he's. It, it seems like he's kind of half asleep. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it could be just because the line is so awful. But, Perhaps he
0: didn't know how to deliver it. Um, he plays for those like he plays a character named Doctor Gogol, which it, that made me kind of smile when I watched the movie because when I was in college, I read some of uh, Gogol. He was a Russian author.
1: Oh, okay.
0: He wrote uh, this story called The Overcoat, which was very famous, I guess. I don't know. I guess. (laughs) Um, What I liked... Yeah, we'll we'll get to... I'm sorry, you should tell what the movie's about.
1: All right, yeah, so the movie's about... uh... A doctor by, played by Peter Lorre, who's uh the surgeon who likes to experiment on dead bodies and you know all sorts of mad science stuff but he's kind of restrained and he falls in love with an actress she's about to quit and he and he can't stand to be without her so he tries to get him, her back into his life by any means necessary
0: got to get you into my life
1: <laughs> yeah G- and uh he and who else is in it? the guy who played Dr. Frankenstein in the original Frankenstein? Oh, okay. What's his name? Um, good question. and he does a good job because he's and you think like because it's a story about a mad doctor that this guy is also going to be doing that sort of same thing, but he's I think
0: you're thinking of Colin Clive
1: Colin Clive, right. that's
0: it. He, who is most who probably who is forever in infamy in films for going? It's alive! It's yeah. alive!
1: Yeah, and you think it's going to be sort of the same thing, but no. He plays uh he plays it totally different. Well, a because he's not a mad doctor in this movie, and b because he's pro- was probably a good actor. I mean, he's he's he'll bet he'll probably he'll be he'll yeah. best be known for Frankenstein, but uh, he if does I, a good job in this yeah. too.
0: I mean, it's been a few years since I've seen this movie, but actually, I mean. I, I'll just dare I say it though, I did think Peter Laurie did have some subtle moments in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he could show he had a little bit more range than just being the prototype of Ren. Yes. It's, oh, I can't help it. The little children, I must kill him.
1: <laughs> That's him from M, for those who are wondering. Oh yeah. Peter Laurie, man.
0: Yeah, man. He uh I don't know by the way, um have you ever heard M is for morphine? I'm sure Matt has probably Oh yeah. Yeah, I
1: actually it's a, it's, I actually have that album.
0: Yeah, The World Inferno Friendship Society uh yeah, like several that. years back did an actual uh, concept album, not you know almost like Tommy or something. See, that's was, why I like
1: it so much. I really do I really love concept albums.
0: Yeah, and I got to see them play it like live in concert and it was awesome. I think
1: I did too, but I'm really not a concert person.
0: We No, you weren't there
1: with I went 20, to either. I went to the you... I think we're getting off track
0: I know no but the point is <laughs> it was about Pierre Lorurie and it was about his check um, it out if you can yeah check out the album it's pretty awesome it ha- even just the song m is for morphine uh, is really good uh and, is
1: for mm, mm, good
0: m is for morphine among other things and um the idea was basically to chart Pierre Loruri's life and how he was he actually had kind of a sad you know tragic you know, career
1: in a way like, like Doctor Gogol.
0: <laughs> I mean, he—you see, like if you look up up his work, he was always working, and he was in you know countless you know classic Hollywood movies. I mean, yeah, the Casablanca Falcon, and
1: like Maltese Falcon, and even
0: movies that people have forgotten, like Beat the Devil and uh, The and, Raven. Oh God, The Raven, um, <laughs> Nevermore. Um, but he apparently he was a he 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 was kind of an outsider. He didn't really fit in to anyone's set thing because he, you know, he looked weird.
1: Well, he does kind of look weird, but then he, yeah, but he's not the But he's not ugly. He's not the caricature we think of when we think of Peter Lorre. I no, you know with he, the sort of baggy eyes and the scrawny hunch and that sort of weird, uh, that sort of weird accent. Like he has it's true. Screen I think, presence. Yeah, I think we we know of him basically because of the caricature that's been made of him over the years. Mm. Like if. Like Wren from Wren and Stimpy. Yeah, I, that, idiot. If 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 Peter Laurie is familiar to any of you, it's probably because somebody has done an impression in a cartoon that was supposed to be Peter Laurie. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, the man was a fantastic actor. He had yeah. screen presence. He was a little weird looking, but not crazy yeah. weird looking. And didn't he play like he was also like Mister Moto in in like a bunch of like detective like mr moto was like a japanese detective it was like a uh, series kind of like the thin man in, in a way
0: i have not seen this
1: well like uh no,
0: but that i mean i'm
1: but he played this japanese detective which is you know back in hollywood you could do that mm. uh <laughs> back in the early 20th century
0: oh and of course the original uh, man who uh, knew too much oh yeah um, Mr. Moto. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see it now. Yeah, he, Mr. Moto takes a vacation and Mr. Moto in Danger
1: Island. It was kind of like like Charlie Chan. Okay, a- and and also like the Thin Man. It's in yeah. it's in that same genre. Uh, and he's wearing eye makeup that makes him look Japanese. And <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you could do that back then. Uh, but yes. uh, so but here's the movie, point though. I want to make about Mad Love, which is that it's. A really well made film that could stand next to any of those old universal monster movies i think yeah it in has quality real quality yeah the is... the only thing it's missing is that sort of iconic monster or mm-hmm. villain i mean it's dr golgol is a, an interesting character but he's not the mummy or franken or the frankenstein's monster or dracula huh. uh other than that it would if it, if it had that sort of i if it had a that sort of iconic character, it would probably still be up there with all those uh, 30s horror films that we know so well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. I mean, even, I think, maybe maybe even The Black Cat, I mentioned, is, uh... Well,
1: The Black Cat's kind of thrown together and sloppy. This is much better than The Black Cat. The Black Cat was fun. Well, it's fun, but it's not a, a really good movie. Mm. Mad Love is a better movie, I, yeah, line it... for line and performance-wise, than, uh, than The Black Cat, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that. A cu- a couple of brief uh trivia points I just looked up here. Apparently of all people, Charlie Chaplin called Lori the screen's best actor after seeing his performance in this movie. Oh nice. Um <laughs> That's pretty that's a that's a good uh
1: Well Charlie Chaplin says it.
0: Yeah, and apparently, um originally the the original type the it was supposed to have an intro like Frankenstein does. You remember in Frankenstein where the guy actually comes out behind the curtain and addresses the audience? Yeah. yeah originally this was supposed to have that, and uh, I guess for some reason it didn't happen. Um. Oh, and it, oh, I have to tell you this. All right. The Spanish translation uh, of this movie is Las manos de Orlac. <laughs> manos. The hands of Orlac. Orlac. Or whatever that is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, uh, again, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but I, I do remember that it did stand out as being distinct visually. And that again, comes down to, you know, when you have Carl Freund as your director, who's done all these movies and I actually haven't seen the original of the mummy. Uh, I have. Okay.
1: It's a, it's a little, uh, uh, Hmm. It's not what you think it is.
0: Yeah, and also uh, Greg Toland was the cinematographer on Mad Love. And, of course, his and Kane and Stagecoach and some of the other great movies. Um,
1: the reason I came across this movie which, and why I asked to borrow it from you is because I, I saw... I, I became aware of a movie called Eyes Without a Face. Yeah. And that movie is uh, in a tradition of like a, a, a kind of mini-genre called uh, Grand Guignol. Mm-hmm. You've heard of that of sort course. of thing, right? Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. like it's like this theater from France where it's full of women in peril and sort of lurid. There have been many uh, horror, sexual many was,
0: horror films from Italy are can be considered Grand Guignol.
1: Yeah, a lot, probably everything Argento. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mm. uh, and it do, and it did that really well. From what I understand of the genre, this is like uh, if you need like a really good example. Mad Love is 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 that. Mm. Uh but it was pretty and it, it, it's even kind of self-referential because it has like in the beginning the actress works in that kind of theater where she puts on shows of yeah. like of like people getting tortured and horror thi- things. It's like pre-horror film horror. Yeah. Grand guignol I'd say. Mm-hmm. If you wanted gruesome stuff and buckets of blood. So then even that had, that so was even like had your a, horror fix back then. So did
0: even had a touch of meta
1: to it, yeah, yeah, it's a bit meta too. But
0: that's why I like that's actually what I loved about um Bride of Frankenstein. Like when I saw that movie, it surprised me how self-aware it
1: was. Yeah. You know,
0: and I probably like that, that, that more than the original Frankenstein. Well, it is a better movie. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. it's one of those it's one of those few sequels that's better than the original. Yeah. And it's not just like when it's not just like one of those things like Daughter of Dracula or The Mummy Rises it Again. Has, it has a the lot of The Mummy Rises going. for a third time.
0: Aside <laughs> yeah, I mean, aside from Karloff's performance in the original Frankenstein, like that movie doesn't hold up quite as well as it should. But whereas Brian Frankenstein has so much stuff in it Again, I know we're going off track, but it is part of the ho- the universal horror realm, yeah. which Mad Love falls into, and it has that look. Right. It really sustains that, and even in most of the performances, as you mentioned, are good in it, too, aside from Lori, um, I forget the actress in it, but I'm sh- I think she was probably okay.
1: She was probably okay. Just, there,
0: there's my review. There's my quote for the poster. Probably okay.
1: Yeah. I have a few actresses to talk about in my later movies, but let's move on okay. to one of your movies. All right. So, so Mad Love, a lot of uh, a really decent story and really decent performances. Check it out. You won't regret it. Sweet. You don't have to, but, you know.
0: Yeah, if you can find <laughs> it in your store. it. If, if you... you have a
1: friend who has a mountainous VHS collection. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, yeah.
0: Um,. Okay, let me move on to a movie uh, that I just saw on Blu-ray, um, getting off track for the from horror for a second. It's called uh, The Homesman. This is a new film starring and directed by Tommy Lee Jones. Um, he directed it, eh? Yeah, he directed it. He's directed a couple of things. Um, he directed a film uh, about ten years ago, maybe I'd say, called... The three bur- burials of Mercadius Estrada. Yeah, which uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've I've heard too. I should have seen it. It <laughs> obviously is a rip from Peck and Paw, so I'm sure. I yeah, I know mean,
1: it. it it instantly makes me think of uh, Bring Me the Head of uh, yeah. What is It? What's that guy's name? Alfredo Garcia. Yes.
0: You know, you have this like the three or Bring Me the Something of Spanish guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be a new movie title.
1: Um the something of Spanish name. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um what the homesman is, uh the movie also stars uh um uh Hillary Swank. And basically what this movie is is basically this very it's kind of a bleak, grimy western that's set in Nebraska in part and then
1: also you could almost it's call a it a midwestern. Midwest. Hey! We came up with the same... uh,
0: Yeah, I was thinking that. I mean, you could almost call it like a... You know, a lot of westerns, they have the frontier setting, though.
1: Well, uh, technically, Last of the Mohicans is a western.
0: Okay, and that doesn't really take place in the West.
1: Well, it's west of civilization. I mean, think about The Last of Mohicans takes place mm-hmm. during the French and Indian War. Okay. All of civilization is along the east coast. So basically, if you wander twenty miles into the wilderness, yeah. you are in the West, the mm-hmm. frontier. Yeah. So by technical terms, yeah, the Last of Mohicans is a mm-hmm. Western.
0: Yes. Well, um, what this movie is about, I know things about history. I'm sure you do. You could even teach it. What? <laughs> Go Listen on. Listen up, people. You can hire Andrew if you want. All right, <laughs> what this movie is about? It's set obviously in the late 1800s. I, for, I forget exactly what year it is, but it's at time. It's in a place in Nebraska where it's not much civilization. People are kind of off, mostly in their own uh, in their own farms and houses. There's in not. In other
1: words, Nebraska.
0: Yes, in other words, Nebraska. Um, and what happens is, Haley Swank is. This woman who is both unmarried and has no children, and so she's sort of one of these rarities of course of that time where I'm by myself and I have no man, even though early on in the movie we see that she does ask a guy who kind of comes just to help her on a farm on her farm if she would marry him, and he's like, eh, no, <laughs> it's kind of sad. I mean she just asks very politely, but he's like, "No thanks, um I'm good, yeah." But what happens is what sets the story off is that there are these other, these three other women who have gone insane. They have, like, you know, they, they've they just completely lost touch with reality. They're the type that, you know, are kind of yelling a lot randomly. Uh, one of them b- b- actually kills, like, her baby by just throwing her down, like, an uh, outhouse. Kind of, you know, pretty shocking. You pretty know. sad. The, the Old West. Um, crimey stuff and this is not funny this is a serious movie Uh, well in part until actually i should say well two things happen first um these three women need to get proper care like they can't just stay with their husbands or their kids and keep going crazy and they're also again they're off in their own little sections they don't really have obviously mental health facilities out there so uh the local priest played by john lithgow uh reaches out to another uh, church lady out in Iowa and tries and decides that, all right, these three women need proper care in this sort of church group. We need to send them. But uh, the problem is the other guy who's supposed to do is really unreliable. He, He won't do it. Nobody trusts him. So Hillary Swank says, all right, I'll do it. I can do it. I know how to, I can actually take better care of these women than some guy can. And, you know, I'm tough. I'm not, I'm unmarried. Even though, Initially, she's met with some resistance, like, a woman? What? Exactly. Now, that's the first thing that happens. The second thing, um, she happens to pass by Tommy Lee Jones, who is basically a... We don't know it at first, but he has deserted the army. And he's kind of a drifter, he's a louse, and he's caught by these guys and hung on his horse and left to die. Like, they don't hang him properly, but they kind of leave him on his horse... With the noose around his neck. And it's probably the first really, it's, it's oddly funny. Just because usually when you see Tommy Jones in a movie and it's a comedy, he's usually the straight man. You know, like the yeah. Men in Black or things like that. But in this movie, when he shows up, he's just so pathetic. Are you an angel? You're not dead. Help me. Will you help me? For God's sake. Suppose I do, what will you do for me? Anything, anything, God
1: is my witness. If I cut you down, will you do what I tell you to? Hell yes, I will, swear to God. Swear to it? I swear. Swear to that almighty
0: God you've been talking about? Uh, vengeance is
1: mine, saith the Lord, and bring in the sheaves and do unto others, and, If you cut me down from this goddamn tree, I'll do anything you tell me to. I swear on God's holy name.
0: She sort of sees an opportunity here and enlists him, you know, because by saving his life, she'll get, she'll, she asks him to help her
1: transport these women. Also, you have to marry me. Never mind, I'll get on the horse again. Well,
0: actually, well, we're getting ahead here. Um, So basically the movie follows them as they go on this journey. They face, you know, really tough terrain, you know, no, not many supplies or resources. Um, of course, these three crazy women who, throughout the movie, end up kind of talking less and less, so they're kind of almost like these ragged dolls that just sit around doing nothing. Um, and really, the hardest movie is the relationship between Swank and Timely Jones. You get to really uh, like these characters, um, and... It almost—it's a weird mix because Tumley Jones, visually speaking, he has like a love of the plains, like if you watch like a John Ford movie, it has that. Um, but in terms of like production designs and character realizations, it's like a spaghetti western. It's very grimy. It's a lot very filthy, uh, very desperate. Again, the whole thing of her kind of meeting this guy who's left to die and saves her in return for. You must do this for me, or else you know you'll die. You know that has a spaghetti western ting to it, doesn't it?
1: A bit, yes.
0: Yeah, um,
1: and but so, it probably is a lot more serious than most spaghetti westerns.
0: It it is. It's not like there are times where Tumley Jones does find the humor and stuff. Like there's even one. There are a couple of scenes where he uh, drunkenly like gets up and starts like singing and dancing, and he's like one of those old. Like what you picture uh, somebody from that period, you're like oh, oh the whole day, oh day. I can't imitate it. Really. <laughs> I Tommy
1: Lee Jones needs your work. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, yeah. I can't do Tommy Lee Jones, folks. But um, you know, and again, these two main actors are great. You know, so it's Hillary Swank and Tommy Lee Jones. It's like at first you think that they're just one type, but as the movie goes on, like Tommy Lee Jones's character, you think that he's just a total louse and i say louse a lot i can't think of another word like reprobate a total scumbag scumbag but as the movie goes on you tell that he does have a code and he is a decent person it's just that again in this ver- vision of the west you know you need to be vicious and on your toes or else you might get killed yeah so it's that kind of setting that the movie takes place and it has a lot such of his
1: life in nebraska
0: such as life in nebraska yeah um and a lot of recognizable faces, people who show up, literally for just a scene or two. Uh, James Spader uh, has a great scene as this guy who's he runs. He's like this snooty guy who runs a hotel out in like you know again the middle of nowhere. But he, you know he won't let Tom Lee Jones and his women have like a room because it's like we have investors coming, we don't have any space. And the way that Tom Lee Jones get back gets back at them is really brutal, but kind of awesome. Um, and then there's also Tim Blake Nelson, uh, William Fichter, uh, Meryl Streep shows up in the scene. And did you see, True- He
1: was just wandering through Nebraska and <laughs> happened upon a film.
0: Yes. Oh, I, I can, I can act that. She'll and-
1: get an Oscar nomination for it anyway.
0: <laughs> um, and did you see the remake of True Grit?
1: The remake of True Grits? With Grit? Jeff Bridges no.
0: and Matt Damon? Okay. Well, I honest. haven't
1: seen any tr- new... Tr- new. Tr- you haven't seen either of the True Grits? I haven't pieces. seen any of the Grits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: the Grits. <laughs> the new sitcom <laughs> coming to Fox. The gr-
1: Hey, don't don't be surprised.
0: Okay, uh, well, anyway, the actress from that shows up in the scene, and you talk about people who've wandered on the set. I felt like this actress, Haley Steinfeld, who's the girl in True Grit. Uh, it almost seemed like her character wandered from that film into this film and played practically the same character. <laughs> she time traveled pretty much. The only so it's a good <coughs> movie. It does one thing though that I'm I'm still not sure I feel about. It's like this kind of not. Tw- it's not exactly a twist. You can sort of. It's you know it's meant to be a tragic turn of events that you know changes the whole dynamic of the movie, but it didn't feel like. I can't really spoil it because again it's kind of a new movie. It's on Blu-ray right now. It just came out. So there's
1: like so you have a problem with it. Is it like it's, that it's a related related Yeah,
0: without saying well without saying too much, a character yeah. dies. And I won't say what character, but it's like, okay, where did that come from in the story? And I don't like when a movie will do that. And, you know, all of a sudden you've taken out... One of the things for your movie that I thought you were going to see through to the end. And you didn't really explain the character's motivation before this happens well enough. And thus, you're left with uh, more depression, more sadness. Um, So... It's a it's a it's a good solid western. I I hasten to say that it's something you should rush to see unless if you are in in the mood to watch a western. I mean we don't get a lot of those nowadays. Um, and you know it digs into the roots of the genre and mixes the unsavory with the horrifying. I mean there's there's some violent stuff here that's just uh, you know like Tom Lee Jones doesn't mess around when it comes to that. Like he. Again, it's a weird mix of Spaghetti Western with a bit of Unforgiven, John Ford, all mixed up in a pot, and, uh, and a little bit of girl power goes a long way. Cool. So, that is The Homesman.
1: All right. Uh, next movie I'll talk about is Under the Skin. Ooh! Yeah. I'm
0: rubbing my hands. You hear the. Directed this
1: by Jonathan Glazer.
0: The glazed donut of filmmakers. Yeah. I've been. I, I was curious what you would think of this movie, and I was. Well, it's. It's it's I can't that. say
1: anything bad about it, but the thing that's most important to me about it is that it's the first time that I've really noticed performances. Like, like
0: when, when you say that, what, what do you mean? Like
1: when I usually watch a movie, I'm I'm looking for entertainment. I'm not really thinking about actors or actresses a really? lot. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm usually more concerned about the story, because any time a movie doesn't have a good story, it ruins it for me. doesn't mm. matter what the performances are. I mean, if it's in a bad story, then what's the point? Uh,
0: I, I, I can kind of see that. I can see your point. Occasionally, I'll see a movie and a really strong performance will, if not save a movie, greatly increase my enjoyment of it, even if the story isn't that strong.
1: Hmm. I mean, but for me, uh, uh, a bad story ruins it. And uh, but Underskin doesn't have a bad story. Uh, the thing is, it has a minimal story, which mm-hmm. is not a problem no. because it's
0: very little dialogue. In yeah,
1: film. very little dialogue. Uh, Scarlett Johansson maybe says about ten lines. <laughs> it
0: really is more like a silent film than anything else. I wouldn't
1: say that. I mean, because it's because it depends a lot on atmosphere. And there's a lot of the ambient noise. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I know
1: uh, Broadcasts over the radio, like sounds from a television. Well, I mean to Uh, say,
0: silent film, if the actors didn't talk in the movie, you would know exactly what's going on.
1: Well, or
0: most, well, up to the point that the movie lets you. You Because there's a lot of stuff in the movie that is ambiguous.
1: But everything uh, is inferred. But I think everything is so well acted that basically. Everybody who watches it will infer what the characters are thinking. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is an alien of unknown origin Mm -hmm. who comes to Earth and just takes on this form of a human woman and seduces men. Yeah. And just consumes them somehow in this sort of, like, other dimension. Uh, And it's not really graphic. It just sort of, like, happens. They sink into this, like, black goo. And then that's it. Yeah,
0: and we should mention that there is yeah a sexual component to it because she's luring these men who come near her van, and I was telling about this to my friend, and he was like, "What, like species?" And I'm like, "No, not like species." <laughs> yes, but better. It's like species if it was directed by Stanley Kubrick.
1: Yeah. And by the way, if you're an alien and you d- and that's how you consume, and you decide to impersonate Scarlett Johansson, you've done a great job. <laughs> uh, you I, you get us. Well,
0: I the. <laughs> Why I, I love in this movie is just again that they don't things are not explained and you can infer so much about this character's actions and about yeah it how puts a lot of and also how she's relating to this world and is she starting to understand things a little bit more like um, it's funny because the second half of the movie I don't like it quite as much as the first act I still like it but for some reason the first act grabs you so much that. I don't know how you feel about that. I possibly. think Cause I, you could t- kind of see the difference I, that happens after the scene with uh, the elephant man. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, or for that's basically what he looks for like. For me, it
1: seemed to be, uh, it followed like a, a like a general incline of interest for me. Like I, as it was starting out, I just like had a lot of questions. Like why is, uh, what exactly is going on and as the pieces fit together in my mind yeah. i mean it was all in, it was all in my brain uh i began to appreciate you know this alien as a character and uh and you know what her thoughts were and she's and, constantly
0: it... discovering things yeah even though she doesn't really say it like oh this um
1: no she, she barely says anything
0: like there's even <laughs> that moment that um and it's funny because on the internet. Uh, people, you know, stupid internet people thought that this was like Scarlett Johansson. They thought it was species. No, 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 just one moment when she, the character trips and, you know, falls down on the sidewalk, you know, and everyone comes to try to help her up. Somebody took a picture of her, like, I guess they weren't on the movie and they showed her Scarlett Johansson falling down and they were just like, man, Scarlett Johansson fell the fuck down. What? And they didn't think it was part of the movie. They were like looking at it like, oh, wow, that's that's that sucks. She fell
1: down walking. What were they, 10?
0: <laughs> you don't know the internet's made of 10-year-olds? Sometimes in adult bodies.
1: I, I, yeah, but what's the funny part of that? A person fell down. Well, maybe that's not, that's maybe what not. third graders do.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they were quite... Make, maybe they weren't making fun of her. But the point is, people took that image and <laughs> they didn't know it was from the movie. But they thought it was like... Scarlett, never mind.
1: I thought it was a blooper.
0: Something. Well, not a blooper, but like just an actor tripping and falling in their lives. I don't know. But like, but, but in that moment po- in the movie, though, it, that that's also a moment for her.
1: For uh, for me, the uh, the moment is when she tries to uh, she she's in that diner.
0: Hmm, I'm trying to remember that.
1: What she there? At, uh, she's at this diner, and a, and a waitress brings her a piece of chocolate cake.
0: Oh yes, yes, the way that the, the, yeah, the she and it, like dips into the cake.
1: And it's yeah, and it's all about actions and responses and, uh and it's a it's a great film to see if you want if you just want to see how what an actor brings to the screen. Like this yeah. happens in movies all the time. I uh I realize where you like an actor It's about what, it's not about just what they say or how Uh they say it. It's, it's what they do Mm -hmm. and how they move their body or, uh, the way they look at things. And this really woke me up to that.
0: So before this.
1: And that, and, and I don't mind that it's a minimal story because all that story was communicated to me through with basically without words. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that gives you that a lot of that. Did you, but before this, had you seen things of Scarlett Johansson and be like, oh, she's a good actress.
1: Uh, besides Avengers and things like that? No, not really. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I knew, uh, you want to know how, uh, how you can tell that this is a European film? Mm. Uh, well, the well, man the gets naked, can. the man gets naked before the woman does.
0: And not only that, <laughs> going back to our discussion about sex in movies. Yeah. Lots of erect penises in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was something that kind of took me back when I was, you know, I saw, part of my... Part of what made the movie special for me was sort of how I saw it. I saw it in a cineplex up at the Palisade Center Mall Theater. Oh, wow. At that cineplex. And so I'm sitting there in, you know, a, the basically big, the biggest multiplex in the area. It has like 21 screens. And, you know, seeing these Scottish guys with erections walking in black... Darkness towards you know a half naked or sometimes naked ScarJo. Well,
1: she she gets progressively naked as she as her she, as she gets, people. She,
0: it's funny because well she gets naked the like more completely naked. Well she eventually gets naked to try to get people more excited. Like by the time like the scene with the I just call him the Elephant Man because he has that kind of face. He has a
1: name, but we've forgotten it.
0: Well he actually like whoever they found I guess he actually has like that sort of real disorder yeah which you know we talk about the elephant man like it wasn't a real thing john merrick was a real guy yeah i mean it's a real condition yeah and that was a really touching scene to me because it's like she gets this guy in her van and you could tell he's probably never had a woman talk to her talk to him in his life yeah and you know she's trying to seduce him it's a very oddly tender scene and you could tell like she's trying to understand him a little bit too
1: yeah it's the only scene with any real dialogue
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true.
1: What um, now? Let me ask you something. What did you think of those? Uh, the the man on the motorcycle. What was your impression hmm. of who he was or what his function was?
0: I thought maybe he was involved with Scarlett Johansson, like maybe. Like how? In the most basic, like plot genre terms, maybe he was like her handler. Yeah. Maybe he was doing some kind of supervision that we didn't see. That was kept very ambiguous. Every
1: time you see him, he's doing some sort of cleanup.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe he's cleaning up after her in some way.
1: Yeah, and uh, and it's later on that there are a whole bunch of people on motorcycles just traversing the countryside. I think looking for her because she's gone off the mm-hmm. grid. Uh, but I mean, that never. Uh, well, I won't tell too much.
0: No, no, but
1: I mean, uh, the, the, why the cinematography
0: didn't... is gorgeous.
1: See that's that's another thing I haven't learned to notice yet.
0: <laughs> do you, but let me put it this way: I'm working my way through do, do it. You, <laughs> throughout this year, it seems like you're going to become a more astute uh, film watcher. Yeah, but what I was well I meant to say in terms of gorgeous photography, the depth that you notice in the frame, and sometimes like, and also how characters are positioned is rather interesting. Oh. And different. I don't know. Maybe that was sort of how. Uh, I, I,
1: I understand what you're saying. I just don't know what those things are. <laughs> <laughs>